We're back for another episode of What's Good With You. I am Nia Queen, and I'm good to be back. I've been gone for a month, but it's for a good reason, and I'm going to tell you in a second. But before we get there, we have not just a special guest, but a friend (laughs) of the show, somebody who has become a good friend of mine in the past year. And about a year ago, about a year ago, yeah, you were on the show. I was on the show talking about her best selling book, Justice. Yes. And that is Rashida Jones. Hello, everyone. I am back again. Nia, thank you for having me. Thank you for thinking of me, sis, and um, allowing me to share space with you um, in your platform. Um, It's an honor to be here um, to just be in, in conversation. Thank you for the work that you do, because I use it in my work every single day and I hear kids with the same story from your book and I'm like oh let me get justice out (laughs) let me read that for the Mm -hmm. kids um so I'm really happy to have you here you know helping me out this month um our guy chef beans is getting ready for his play transparency which is going to be on April 29th and April 30th at the Hudson theater I believe and you could get tickets for that at chefbeans.com so Support your boy. He out here working. He coming back, y'all. Because I know y'all miss his words of wisdom. He's coming back. But he got to work on his play. He got to get to his money and, you know, put his all into his work. And I admire that about him. So, so yeah. Chef Beans, I'm going to hold it down for you. We're going to be intentional today. Right. Okay. We're going to be intentional with what we I got, got going got on. Yes. Oh, man. Wow. So, yeah, it's been a month since the last time we recorded. Actually, it's probably been more than a month since the last time we recorded. But some of y'all don't know, like, what goes on behind the scenes. And we were supposed to have a guest, and they flaked on us. And, you know, I was just really frustrated with myself and just the whole process of doing this podcast. And I asked Jeff Beans, I was like, man, I don't know what to do. Like, I feel like, you know, the harder I work, like, the less... I get out of it and I just I started to feel burnt out and he was like you know sometimes I just take breaks and those breaks allow me to come back with you know more content and have a fresh set of eyes so that's what I did I took a break I regrouped and um, I'm just trying to I'm trying to find resources to keep y'all with these episodes coming because it is expensive but I got an announcement. Let's hear it. A really big announcement. What's your announcement, Nia? This episode, this episode right here is sponsored by BetterHelp. And yeah, if the you therapy, don't, therapy. Yeah, the BetterHelp therapy. therapy. Yeah. That's Online a big therapy. deal. Yeah, that is yeah, a big deal. Yeah. I got to say this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. <laughs> yes, congratulations. Um, this is our first partnership slash sponsorship. And um, I'm really happy because it's just like I work so hard and it's just like dang I'm really spending all this money on this and now we finally got our first sponsorship with BetterHelp and if you guys don't know what BetterHelp is it's an online platform where you could find therapists um you don't have to drive to you know any office you could have therapy in the comfort of your own home and if you use our link you get your first month 10% off if you use betterhelp.com/ W-G-W-Y pod. So make sure you use that link to help us out. Um, I can't believe I'm saying that. Like this That's episode amazing. is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's amazing. That's a wow. big deal. Like she mentioned, if, if you don't know that um, 
that's a really important platform, especially to allow access uh, to people in our community, the generation that's coming. And so for you to get sponsored, they see the work and they see the hard work that you're putting in. So good job. And and may the sponsorships continue. I was so excited when I found out about it. And it's just been hard to keep this under wraps because I'm just like, oh, I'm going to tell everybody, but. I got to do it the right way. I got to say it in the episode. Um, and also, it's going to be on our Instagram page, on our YouTube page, TikTok. It's going to be all over. So I'm just really happy that I'm finally, you know, reaching some level of like, what's the word? Like when you accomplish something, something like that. Yeah. Like I feel, I feel accomplished with doing this. As, so, as you said. Yeah. First episode sponsored by BetterHelp. We out here. Yes. We out here. We out here. Okay. <laughs> and okay. it only gets better. It's only going to get better. It's only going to get and better. keep working hard. I'm not giving up on y'all. And, and you're going to rest too in between. Yes. 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 Please. Yes. Yes. I am going to rest right. in between. <laughs> I am going to rest in between. Yes. So a lot has happened since the last time we were here. Um, our last episode, we actually talked about restorative justice and, you know, mm-hmm. being back in school and what it was like for me and Chef Beans. But actually, there was a strike a couple of weeks ago with mm-hmm. LAUSD, and I think it was all LAUSD employees were behind that, not just the teachers, because of unfair wages or um, not updated school sites, different things like that. And you actually were there for one of the marches, right? I was. I was actually in solidarity all three days. Um, oh, okay. And again, um, what we were striking for wasn't to benefit me in my position mm-hmm. um, within the school system. However, I do believe when you stand firm in something and in solidarity to support others, there's reward in that. And right. so I was out there um, in the rain with my fellow colleagues mm-hmm. to make sure that they got fair wages, to make sure that their voices were heard and their demands was heard. And I was super proud of that. Um, I was hesitant at first because when you don't work, you don't get paid, <laughs> but, mm. um, again, it was, it's sometimes bigger than you. And so that right. was a sacrifice that I was willing to make, um, to be in support with them. And so it was a big deal and the demand was met. And so I, I look forward to, you know, um, their needs being met because right. it's, it's well-deserved. They put, um, staff put in a lot of hard work at schools to support our students and families. And so I just couldn't imagine being a teacher. Like it seems <laughs> so hard especially like the younger they get it's like the classrooms are super hard to manage and um you know my heart just goes out to the teachers because I don't know how y'all do and it and it's fun too it's what you make it um right right right. it's spring break and so um I was supporting in the classroom uh on Monday and I looked over to the teacher I said you do this every day (laughs) he said every single day and I was like it took a lot of energy um and so like you said your heart goes out but sometimes when you in it and you see like the reward again it it's an accomplishing feeling like I have hands in these students becoming who they are right Um, but it does take a lot of energy yeah a lot of patience (laughs) A lot of discipline, a lot of self-awareness, a lot of strength. Yeah. I used to work at a preschool (laughs) and just even doing that. And those classrooms are super small, way smaller than the, you know, LAUSD. But every day I used to come home and just knock out because I would be dead tired. Sure it's just like I'm I'm like, I'm worried. Like, are they going to hurt themselves? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, don't put, don't touch that. Don't, don't. So I was all over the place, but. Coming home and being like, 
whoo, these kids, they're getting the best of me. They're getting the best of me. So shout out to the teachers again of LAUSD. And I hope that y'all get the compensation that y'all deserve mm -hmm. because it's not an easy job. It's just not. And like you said, it is rewarding, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't get compensated. For sure. You know what I'm for saying? Sure. Like, I know y'all sure. not in it for the money, sure. but they should at least be able to make a living so that make they can, you know, exactly. make rent. You uh -huh. know what I'm saying? Like, uh -huh. if you can't even make rent with your salary, uh -huh. like, that's just unfair. Yeah. Basic needs should be met and I should be able to go on vacation exactly. if I so choose to exactly. after all the hard work that I'm putting in daily. Yeah. So to, mm -hmm. I'm really, I'm, I'm glad that they stood up for what, they are old. Mm -hmm. So shout out to the teachers. Um, what's been going on? I didn't even check in <laughs> with you. Like I just went straight into the my bad, y'all. It's been a minute. Um, what's been going on with you though? Like, I haven't, you know, the people haven't seen you in a year. So what's been new with you? Okay. So since the, the last time I was here, which has been a year, um at the time, Justice was we just made best selling author. Um, since then I've been um Awarded the opportunity to be featured at Malik's Books, putting my books in the bookstore. I've had several book signings. Um, I've been fortunate enough to go to Jordan High School to present to the students there. Um, and so just really getting the fruits of my labor from the work has been felt really good. Um, still doing community organizing. Um, just recently, I ran my first marathon, LA okay. Marathon. And so I've been really... Uh, I've been outside a little bit. Wait, wait, wait. wait. We got to talk about that marathon. We yeah. not just going to skip over that. What was that like? Like, I am still in awe. It's been like a good two weeks now. I'm still in awe that um, I've committed six months of training mentally, spiritually, physically to accomplish this goal. I ran from the Dodger Stadium to Century City on foot. Um <sighs> Oh, with man. the community though like so, so to be out there and physically doing this sport um and then getting that medal at the end and having my friends and family along the way like that was an amazing experience like I, I'm still trying to find words to really describe what mm -hmm. that was like but when I say like I am so filled up with joy and I feel fulfilled and accomplished it was super if you've never done one please do one um if it's something that you're into but just being physically active mm -hmm. um, is a really good um, outlet. Running, and you look good too. I, I thank you. I did. Last time I was thank like, you. okay. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Running will do it. Running, running will do it. But yeah, it. That's, thank you. That's not for me. But thank bless you. your heart, and I'm thank proud you. of you. Um, thank you. Twenty six and twenty six points. Twenty six point two. Twenty six point two miles. Point two still, miles. just sounds like. Even if I got to drive 26 miles, I'm like. <laughs> it is, when you think about it, it is, it is a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. Yeah. And, uh. But you made it. I did it. You made it to the finish I line. I did it. I so, did it. And I did proud it proud, too. I walked, I got across that finish line with a smile, and it was a beautiful experience. Mm. Beautiful experience. Six months of training. Yeah. I'm good on that. I'll keep, <laughs> you know, I'll do my uh, Thursday runs with Butter three miles. Shout out you to know. um keep it run hundred keep it run and um, yeah, blacklist. I'll do that. Yes. But the twenty six point two. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm trying to think what's been going on with me. I mean, I kinda said already I've just been relaxing, working out. Um oh I got a new tattoo. I don't know if y'all can see. Okay. You know, you know, I'm out here inked up now, you know what I'm saying? Um, 
No, but me and my mom got matching tattoos. Um, that's one of the things that I like about this show is that this show really facilitates good conversations. And because of me doing this podcast, like me and my mom are like really doing good. Mm-hmm. And we got matching tattoos. Like we both have a tattoo right there. And it's just like, wow, all that from, you know, the episode that I did. So that's just one of the perks of doing this show is just like, it really facilitates those good conversations and it facilitates healing. And um, I've been working on my relationship with my mom and uh, what else been going on? Do you mind if I ask what it symbolizes? So yeah, it's a Daisy and uh, my grandma's name is Daisy. And so she's battling cancer right now. So we're just doing that, you know, just to in solidarity to like kind of lift, both of us up honestly um because it is hard to see your loved one go through cancer um but we just want to be there for her as long as she's fighting we gonna be fighting so this is like our uh homage to her so yeah that's what it means and there's a saying i like to offer to you um when we fight we win so as long as you continue to fight like she will win yeah yeah thank you oh don't get me start crying (sighs) you can breathe yeah uh you know being a therapist sometimes is hard because you also have to go through life Mm -hmm. and you're also trying to heal people at the same time so it's a lot of things that go into being a therapist and that's what we're talking about today we're talking Mm -hmm. about what we really feel on the other side because I know a lot of people are scared to go into therapy and if they're going to like their therapist. But, hey, we're people, too. And we have thoughts, too. And you're mm-hmm. going to find out today. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to bash none of my clients or none, nothing like that. But I'm just going to talk about the different things that I had to go through internally to even be a good therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I get into that, what made you want to be a therapist, Rashida? You know how they say like careers chose you. It was never on me Mm -hmm. um, to pick me being a therapist. Mm -hmm. My degree was in social work. I needed a job. A mentor was like, this is a position that's open. Take it. Nothing else is here. Take it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I took it just trusting, you know, the process. Um, And and I've been a therapist ever since. And that was back in what, 2015. Um, And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the ability to connect to people and allowing people to trust me so much that they are being so vulnerable with me. And again, it's one of those villains that you can't describe. Like there's something that transform when people can trust you with their deepest, darkest secrets. And so to say what made me want to become one, it was something that I walked into and I just never walked away from. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. I never heard it from that perspective. Like it just kind of showed up. It, and then it, it I showed it. up. I yeah. didn't know I'd been in probation. I didn't been um, in social work in the, the family children's setting. And this was just an opportunity that mm-hmm. I took. And I was just like, oh, I like it here that I can empower my community and teach them and psychoeducate them on their feelings mm. and holding space and figuring out how we can navigate that. Right. Yeah. I would say for me, always knew that I wanted to work with kids. I didn't know that I wanted to be a therapist. um, But ever since, because I grew up in the church and I would always help out with the babies. Mm -hmm. I would teach Sunday school or I would just babysit. 
And this lady at my church was like, you know, you should work with kids. Because around the time when I was writing like my personal statement for to get into college, I had to write about something I was passionate about. And it was just like helping kids. It's always been an easy thing for me, a natural thing. And um, it probably wasn't until like later on, like my senior year of college, where I realized like, okay, I could do this with social work. Mm-hmm. And um, I love those moments where you're working and you just click with your client naturally or you help them naturally, like without even thinking back on, oh, what did I learn in that class? or what did, <laughs> It's like you naturally just click with them or you naturally mm-hmm. help them. And then afterwards, like you feel super good. Like I wasn't even trying. I wasn't even trying. And, th- and that's what I knew. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. My first internship was at a school for special needs children. And the things that I would do with the kids, like it could be as simple as play therapy. I didn't know what play therapy was, but I was like, well, if I get them to play with this stuffed animal, they're going to start talking about their feelings through the stuffed animal. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I didn't Mm -hmm. learn that. It was just, just, it just came naturally. And then Mm -hmm. weeks later, we're learning about it in our class. And I'm like, I was already doing that. (laughs) I was already doing this. This is what I'm supposed to do. I was already doing this before y'all gave me Mm -hmm. a master's degree in social work. I was Mm -hmm. already doing this. So Mm -hmm. it just always uh, clicked. It always clicked. Um, But would you say that this profession is what you expected it to be? Um. I didn't really have any expectations because I didn't have any expectations of Mm -hmm. what it looked like. But once I was in it, I seen the power and the value in it. Um, And so the more that I learned and the more I didn't see representation. And when we talk about like black therapists and therapists of color in our communities, I was like, okay, there is a gap here. I want to fill this gap and I need people to know this information. I needed this information. I needed to know what depression looked like and anxiety and what to do when it shows up in my life and what that looks like when trauma is occurring, what, what to do. And so once I developed that insight, I knew that I had to take it and take it to my my community because Mm -hmm. I knew that we weren't having conversations. I, I, I was around those conversations and none of them looked like talking about mental health. So, um, if that answered, if that answers, um, the question. It's so interesting, like how aware I became of the lack of knowledge of mental health once I got in got the mental it. health profession. Like before it was, it wasn't like I was thinking about it, yeah, but once yeah. you're in it, you're like, dang, nobody does no, really know this information, which is I crazy no to clue. me. And it's just like, I would say my expectations for coming into the field, I definitely thought it would be more formal. Okay, Like, you know, you see, on tv like oh the therapist sits in the chair you lay down and you tell the therapist what's going on and they make these connections and they're writing their little notepad and it's like it don't even look like that for real y'all it don't look like that especially when you're working with kids yeah you gotta, when you're working with kids it's it's totally right different. you gotta be the, super the dynamic creative. change yeah because no, sure. if you just sit there and talk to them they don't want to <laughs> play they gonna oh, miss can we leave like i'm tired i, I want to go outside the you have to entertain these kids in order to even have Build a therapy session. So, yeah, it definitely looked a lot different than what mm-hmm. I expected. And um, I just thought I thought it would be a breeze, too. But I'll tell you, my first thing that I ran into is parents. 
Okay. Okay. That was, so, I wasn't expecting that. I guess it's different because now I'm in school mm-hmm. and, and it looks totally different. But prior to school, therapy did look very on the couch um, and paper and pen for me mm-hmm. when I was in Atlanta doing therapy work there or when I was at another agency. So I guess it really just depends where you are. But to your point for school, it's <laughs> it's not your average sit on the couch. Man. and um, It's very different. And then trying to even get a parent to Engage. acknowledge mm-hmm. that there's something wrong with their child. Oh, you would have thought I called, I cussed at them. You would have thought that I cussed at them. They're like, no, ain't nothing wrong with my son. Like he just, he just going through his little phase and da, da, da. Your son been like this for two, three years and you can't tell that he's depressed. Now I understand the resources aren't there all the time, but who does that benefit when you're not letting your child get the resources that they need. And um, I would say that's the biggest dilemma for me is working with kids is getting the parents on board because we could have great sessions at school. Most of the kids love us, right? At school, it's easy to get them to participate for the most part. Um, but when we want the parent to reinforce what we're doing, then it, oh, crickets. Or I can't get in touch with the family. Or... You know, I don't care. This lady <laughs> cussed me out. She was like, I don't give a fuck what kind of degree you got. I know about my baby. I'm like, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to di- disrespect the parent because, you know, that is their child. But at the same time, it's just, that's just one of the dilemmas, or I say frustrations that I have sometimes in my work is like, I kind of sometimes dread talking to the parents because I'm like are they gonna be on board or is this gonna be a battle and I'm gonna have to pretend like they're right you know so that would I would say that's just like my first dilemma that I hit um coming into therapy um what about you um I just want to speak to that before I Mm -hmm. go into my dilemma. What I am noticing with working in the school system and therapy is I don't think that the parents are having a hard time getting on board, but I don't, I'm not getting on board with something. I don't know what you're even, you're talking about. Like Mm. you're telling me that there's a problem. You're telling me that this is going on, but I don't have an awareness of that. Mm -hmm. What you're talking about is foreign language to me because that's not what I was around Mm -hmm. and so for me I I always look at my job as like how can I educate the parents before I let them know anything about a diagnosis or what their child may need or how they may benefit I'm always informing them and educating them in a way that's digestible and Mm -hmm. relatable because sometimes mental health terms are not always the most digestible for for parents um and so I always keep that in the forefront. Like before I even say like mental health, I break it down. How are you feeling? Like I just change the Mm, words around. mm. I've noticed that your child is experiencing this through this behaviors. Right. And then, and I know that I've, I've mentioned it before, but sometimes I don't even think it's mental health related things. I just think it's all stem from environments and Mm, poverty and lack of structure or lack of resources or healthy diets like those are all the things I address first before I even get to the mental health component because then I'm heard a little bit differently um and so as that's been a dilemma I just want to encourage you to keep on keeping on (laughs) I'm gonna gonna encourage you to keep on keeping on because um yeah once you have a buy-in 
Like once you have a buy-in and a, and a relationship built with them, they're more likely to hear what you have to say. Right. I don't even speak mental health first. How you doing, ma'am? How you doing today? You look nice. <laughs> uh, like, like I'm building that relationship right, with building you first. The report, now, yeah. hi, I'm Ms. Jones. I'm the counselor. I work with your child, and I'm highlighting all their strengths first because they're mm, people first. Right. So once that relationship is built, now they love Ms. Jones. Mom knows who I am. Mm-hmm. Now Ms. Jones has something to say. Mental health is A, B, and C, and this is the issue that I'm seeing. You trust me. We have a relationship. So now everything mm-hmm. I say, like. I'm not going to say you're going to always listen or always mm-hmm. agree, but you're more likely to listen to the the support that I'm willing to offer your child and your family. Yeah. And that makes a lot more sense now because I always got the feeling that they were offended by me. Yeah. Who and are I'm you like, telling me about my, I know my baby. I right. birthed my exactly. baby. Like, I know I'm my with ba- my baby every like, day. Who are you to tell me? And right. then don't let you not have no kids. You don't got a kid. So you really don't know. Oh, and yeah. so, that's understandable, mm-hmm. but as the professional, like understanding the importance of human connection and relationship, right. that's one of the core values of social work for all of you listening. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to develop that relationship first. And I think if we, you know, do that a little bit more, more likely willing to listen to what we got to say mm-hmm. when, when all we want to do is help our babies out in our communities. Right. Right. <laughs> it's like. The way that you're explaining it, that's how I see myself. But now I'm starting to understand that they may not see me as that. Mm-hmm. And so I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. But I'm going to try that approach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to, you know, build a little bit more rapport before I just say, oh, well, your son is requesting therapy. Therapy. <laughs> you yeah. know, like as soon as you throw that word out, like you said, like they don't understand what that means. They don't want that label mm-hmm. on their child. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely understand that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, guess I'm, I need to take some notes. I need to take some notes. <laughs> That's what we're here for. It's <laughs> right. Exchange, exactly. Exchange. Exactly. Um, so we all can grow. Yeah. But you yeah. didn't tell me your dilemma. The dilemma. Okay. What is my dilemma or what has been my dilemma? Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me in the school setting, the dilemma has been because um, therapy on the outside is different. I know that you're coming here willingly or your parent is bringing you willingly to get the support right. to address whatever the concern may be. Right. But in the, in the school setting, the dilemma has been I am this mental health advocate therapist on campus who's holding space for children who are dealing with real life issues, right. trauma, parents, abuse. Um, identity issues, depression, suicide, all of these things that falls underneath mental health. However, I am an educator at heart too. And so I see the disconnect with students and teachers. I see Mm -hmm. the lack of understanding, comprehension, not wanting to read, cannot write. Um, And so I'm like, I want to address this component. But then I also want to, this is a need to address as a mental health therapist. And so there's, I'm always conflicted. And then the natural, like love, natural caregiver in me is like feeling like I'm a parent on campus. Mm. And so I'm dealing with all of these things that I'm only one person with eight hours a day, five days a week. And so that is the dilemma sometimes to really give that therapeutic relationship one-on-one counseling at school because I'm dealing with all of these other things, not to mention behaviors and 
and all those uh, all other of those components affect the child. They all affect. And so that's probably why you're like, well, let me help on this and this and this and this because this is all affecting the, the student. And yes. maybe if we correct this and this and this, the student might not even have those behaviors anymore. It's all connected. It's it's a systems theory, it's, it's, right? <laughs> you know, so I, I definitely understand that. This is my first year working in schools, so it's a little different because I used to work in community mental health where um, we I would have to drive to their homes or mm-hmm. drive to their schools or they would come to me. So it was like once I was done, like I'm done, yeah. you know, but yeah. now it's like, oh, this is your kid. Oh, your kid got into a fight. I'm like, oh, dang, okay, like, let me go over there and talk to, now the kid don't want to talk to, you know, it's like, you're there with them all day, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's different, it's different, and you see the different things that go on in a school that contributes to where that child is mentally, mm-hmm. like, I look at some of the things that these kids are going through, I'm like, I'd probably be doing the same thing, honestly, I'd probably be doing the same thing, so it's hard for me to sit there and tell this kid, oh, don't do this, I, I can't tell them that. Like, one, that's not my job. I'm not a disciplinarian. But uh two, it's like, I'm an empath at Mm -hmm. the end of the day. So if this kid was being bullied and then one day they hit their bully, you know what I'm saying? I could teach them other ways to Mm -hmm. handle their anger, but I'm not Mm going to be there and be like, you were wrong. I'm not going to do that because I probably would have did the same thing. So, yeah. yeah. And I like that transparency and honesty because what would you do? Right, exactly. What, what, what would you do? At some point, people have their limits, and so let's not act like the student, you know. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll stop there. But but, but no, I get what you're saying, because when you work in a school it. system, I feel like sometimes they forget what it's like to be a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm like, or just a human being right, in terms of exactly. like, you, like you're you an sick. adult now. So, you know, now you can't just hit people when they make fun of you. But when you were 11, what were you doing? You know, like. Come on, let's 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 be real with each other on that. But you know, let me let me not go yes. on. We, we was just celebrating <laughs> no, the yes. teachers. Now we talking. No, no, we're no, we're not with this. Just the idea. This is this, this is, is what we go through as on the other end of it exactly. in the education field right. as counselors. Now. This is what we go. Through. We love our teachers and we love our support staff who make it all come together for right. us to be there. Right. And another part of being a therapist is that we have to take our personal beliefs and our judgments and we have to put them aside to do our job in the best way so i'll just be transparent um first coming into therapy uh or just going into grad school you know i I was raised in a christian home right uh my dad's very strict growing up we couldn't watch certain things it was just this is wrong it was no explanation behind it right and I would say it kind of it kind of limited me um when I came to grad school because at that time and living I lived in uh Richmond Virginia and Richmond is more of a, a progressive place Right. Um, that was my first time learning about pronouns and okay. transgender and different things like that. Like I kind of knew about it before, but I was really thrown into it at this time. And, um, you know, I got into some arguments in classes. But what I learned is that it doesn't matter what that person identifies as or whatever. Your job is to help them. Mm-hmm. They're coming to you for help. So you have to put your personal 
judgment and your personal beliefs aside so that you can show up for that person because like they don't they don't really care about what we got going on honestly they're just coming to us like i'm depressed can you help me i don't want to have these thoughts anymore can you help me so if you come in with a preconceived notion of oh these people are this or this group of people is this you're not going to be doing the best that you can at your job. You have to put aside those personal beliefs. And I would even say my personal beliefs have changed a bit, you know, learning about different people and their backgrounds and what they went through and how they identify. I I just feel like it's not my position to judge. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just not my position to judge before. I wasn't like that. I'll admit I wasn't like that before, but now it's like, who am I? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Who am I to judge these people? And I really just want to help them at the end of the day. Um, for you, would you say that you deal with that at all? Or maybe it's just me. I'm just talking about my experience. But just putting your personal feelings about a patient or about a client aside so that you can do your job. Yeah, again, it goes back to my own personality and then the values. Like, you cannot be biased in this. Um, you're showing up as a therapist, as a social worker, as whoever, they're the main responsibility. Whatever you got, it, sh- it should stop at the door outside of your compassion and your genuine love and authenticity in the work. Um, but then also just knowing your limits. As people, we need to know our limits. Right. I can work with every everyone and provide services. But if there's an issue that I, I'm not really on board with, I don't work with the population like because I'm aware of what I carry and I'm Mm self-aware. I don't have a population that I that I choose not to work with. I just know where I'm most passionate Mm -hmm. and where I'm most passionate and get the most joy in my service. I'll just stay there because I think that that's kind of like the concern in our work is that people are in service positions and they're not passionate Mm -hmm. or they have these preconceived notions or these bias and it shows up in the work. And that's how relationships are tainted. That's how relationships are torn. And that's how people can tend to walk away from therapy because they may get the wrong therapist Mm -hmm. on the wrong day. And so for me, I'm, I'm willing to work with you for, for whatever, no matter how you show up, no matter what you do. But I do know that I do have triggers and I'm aware of that. And I'll just stay away. Right. It's good to be aware of your biases or the the things that you believe before going into it because like you said those type of people that are in this field but still have you know the um the racism or the sexism whatever the case may be like that's why people don't want to come to therapy because (laughs) like you're coming in here judging me before getting to know me and it's like that if if I was in that position, that would turn me off from therapy too. I'm not coming back to therapy. This lady asking me, well, why am I wearing my hair like this? Or you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Uh, mm-hmm. why did I choose to be gay or whatever the yeah. case yeah. may it's, be? It's like no you room can't, for that. Exactly. It's, it's no, no room, for, room that. for that because like like I said before, if you come in with those preconceived notions, you're not gonna provide the best therapy to that person. You're just not. You're just not. And um, yeah, it, it's just some of the things that I hear from the kids like oh well my last therapist said this what (laughs) they said what to you it's like unbelievable but um I like what you said about knowing your limits knowing your limits because that doesn't just apply to you know 
racial bias or, you know, preconceived uh, notions about certain uh, populations of people, but that also has to do with what you're going on with. What's oh, going sure. on in here for with sure. you? That's coming out. That's coming out because it's some things. Whoo, yeah, it's some things that if you have not dealt with it, this job will force you to deal with mm-hmm. it because you will get a client that will come in that's dealing with the exact same problem that you're dealing with and you have to help them <laughs> and you have to listen to yourself tell them the coping skills that you're not using <laughs> cuz a lot of times that come happens on, yeah, to me. this is this is real man like this is real. a lot of this times that happens to me it's like i'm not even using the coping skills that i'm telling you but i'm helping you through the exact same problem that i have and that is when it gets really hard that's when this job gets super hard and i would just say for me when I first started, I came across a client that had been touched by a family member. And I remember just reading, like, have you ever worked, like, in, like, community mental health? Where they the just intake. give you, uh-huh. right, they give you the intake and it tells you. And then the when it's a court case, they give you the court documents, too. So I had to read all the court documents. And I'm like, why is this making me uncomfortable? You know, I'm like, why is this? You know, it was just like, I don't want to take this case. Mm -hmm. Like, I just remember that coming up in my head, but I didn't know why. But it was just like, it just reminded me of something that happened to me as a child Mm -hmm. that I never dealt with. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we could suppress stuff for so long that we forget. Mm -hmm. Because I honestly forgot that it even happened to me. Mm -hmm. But seeing and reading those court documents, it's like, oh, man, I don't I don't think I could do this, you know. That that was the the sign for me that was like, I need to go get therapy. Because how am I going to help this girl if I'm still dealing with it? I can't tell her how to do it. I ain't even dealt with it. You know? So that was like the first time where it was like, it just just came out of nowhere. It was, you know, when you have like a deep memory that you just don't acknowledge and then it just comes up. And, uh, yeah, that was the first time for me. It was like, you have to go get therapy because you're going to come across some things that you haven't dealt with. And if you don't deal with it, you're not going to be a good therapist, honestly. Mm-hmm. You're not. Because you're going to tell the kid to stop talking when, why are you telling the kid to stop crying? <laughs> mm-hmm. Why are you tell the kid to stop talking? Like, this is their time. You can't stop them just because you are about to cry. You know what I'm saying? You can't. So that that was probably the first time for me, like where I had to know my limit. And I told my boss, I said, I can't take this. I can't take this case right now. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, not I'm not saying that I'll never take a case like this. But right now, it's just this is not something that I could take. Mm-hmm. And uh, the crazy thing is I end up taking the case <laughs> because that's how it works in like uh, when you when you have that's L.A. Some, County, like, yeah. It's like, well, we need somebody. We don't have any other cases for you, so you got to take this case. I ended up taking it, like, two months later. But along with the help of my therapist, like, I was able to really help that girl um, in that situation. But um, for you, would you say that there's any case like that that maybe you had to – I mean, you don't have to go into detail, but, like, you had to, like, check yourself and know, like, "Ah, this is not going to – you know, this is my limit right here? Yes. However, I just want to acknowledge you and your vulnerable moment. Um, I know that we're 
conducting a podcast. Right. But thank you for sharing because you don't, somebody may have needed that moment. And so thank you for sharing. Um, and then the fact that you, you expressed that you couldn't, like you were very self-aware that you needed that um, was good. And I think that as therapists, we need to know that. I know there's tons of cases and tons of people who needs to be met, but your need comes first in that. So I'm glad that you was able to ask for that request um, and then eventually get back to it when you're ready. Right. Um, right. And so that's what some of the things we deal with as therapists. Sometimes we don't have the willpower to say no, but you did. And so exercising that. Um, so I just want to say acknowledge that you always acknowledge I have to you because we are real so because because this is this is real life yeah and yeah, who else gonna is. acknowledge it it is like I see yeah. you outside of just being a therapist like you mentioned like we're developing a friendship so I have to own those real raw moments um you know whether we're on camera or not so right <laughs> um but I did have a moment like um I was probably three years into therapy um as a therapist and I had a really good clinical supervisor for you all who don't know if you are not a clinical licensed social worker, you have to have a supervisor who kind of supervises your hours, you mm -hmm. get to talk and process cases. And so I just wanted everything to be so right. And I used to have my notes done. And I just used to always look up different interventions and how to um, relate to my clients. If you don't know, some of these interventions are not culturally <laughs> responsive not at all to who we deal with <laughs> we the populations tweet. we serve right but no, that's neither here or there and so um I always showed up in my sessions like wanting to provide the best and I'll never forget um this was like so just a background story like I love Nipsey Hussle um not only as an artist but just like the man and I always say this in my interviews because he kind of helped shaped um, a lot of like my worth ethic and like finding purpose and et cetera. So I always acknowledge that. Right. And so I remember going to work and it was like, I took his death very hard. Um, I've experienced a lot of trauma and deaths just being from LA. And so when he died, I was like, I've had um, family members die and it was always traumatic. And so I was like, Nipsey is the one person that like, he made it out the hood. He mm. gave the hood purpose. And so when, his life was taken it hit deep and I was so sad I was so sad but I still had to show up to work mm. and so I came to work and and then my heart my heart is broken but I came to work and I and in my session I'm like happy Tuesday like this is me showing up as Miss Rashida I'm like happy Tuesday how are you because that's my energy and then my client goes Miss Rashida ain't nothing happy about Tuesday they killed Nip and when I say, like, I just started crying, <laughs> mm. like, tears instantly, like, I immediately started crying. And if you're a therapist, you know, like, that is, like, a big no-no. Yeah. And so I was, I, I instantly snapped up. I snapped out, and I was like, oh, my God. I just, like, started to panic, and I'm like, can I have some tissue? Mm -hmm. And then I got the tissue, and she was like, you're human. Like, you cry. And I was just like, but, no, that's so unprofessional. And, um, like, I was able to, like, take a moment, like, my client allowed the therapist to take a moment. Mm -hmm. I took a moment and we got back into the session because, again, it wasn't about me. Right. But I always acknowledge that moment because, again, it brings us back to our human experiences. Right. We are in therapy providing a service, but at the end of the day, we are human. And so I went back to my clinical supervisor and I was like, I did the worst thing that a therapist <laughs> could do. Yeah. I'm like, I cried in my session. And he was like, and what's wrong with that? 
what you did was powerful. Like you allow your client to see that you are a human being with real life experiences, mm -hmm. that we're not robots and that we also have stuff going on. Right. And so it was a moment for the both of us. And then he like affirmed me and reassured me that I was still doing a good job. And then I took my days off because like I said, my heart was broken right. to really just like gather. And then during the next session, I was just like, I'm sorry, but, but thank you for holding space for me. Like, mm -hmm. and she's like, well, you hold space for me all the time. So that was the least I can do. And we really just had a client yeah. therapist moment and it was really beautiful. But those is one of those uh, sessions I always think back because I'll never forget it. Right. I'll never forget it. And I like what your supervisor said, like it shows that you're human. You're not mm -hmm. doing that all the time. Uh, absolutely that, right it's please don't that, cry yeah please do not cry in your sessions <laughs> yeah you weren't doing that all the time it's just moment. that moment so moment. like like you said we're human so we may try you know to keep it all together and be all professional happy tuesday but sometimes it gets out sometimes it slips out life be happening. and even like i've never cried in a session but as soon as they close that door i put my head down start crying because some of the stuff that we hear y'all it's just i don't i don't know what the word is it's like secondhand trauma or something uh, like that secondary, secondary trauma, trauma. secondary trauma yeah secondary trauma some of the stuff that we hear is just like you can't even believe that this is happening to kids mm -hmm. so to people to people to, to people, yeah, to, people, to, people. to people yeah but especially kids yeah it's especially a, kids it's different when you see it happening to vulnerable people right. like kids who 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 can't really help themselves, you know what I'm saying? Because they don't have the money to just leave their parents. You know what I'm saying? They can't just, oh, let me pack my bags and get about it. They can't do that. They, they have to stay. So, yeah, it, it sometimes we do hurt as therapists. We do hurt. And whether it's something like what you said or something that happened in our past that comes up, mm -hmm. Um, we're human at the end mm -hmm. of the day. So sometimes we do cry because of something that was said in session or cry right after. Mm -hmm. um, but I think overall, what this tells me is that as a therapist, you have to be self-aware. For sure. There's a different level of self-awareness mm -hmm. that you have to have because mm -hmm. you know that if something is not right in here, you can't even go into that office and do your job. Like, Whenever I like mentally know that I'm not there, it's like I don't even call any kids in that day. Let me just type up paperwork. And I commend that. Because I yeah, think. like they don't can't... deserve they don't deserve half Nia. Exactly. Like, they don't deserve they, they, it. Yeah. They don't deserve it. So you have to be aware of whether that's things stressing you out, whether you're burnt out, whether something mm -hmm. is triggering. You have to be aware of what's going on. So like even in Rashida's story. Even though she started crying, she apologized immediately. Like you, you acknowledge, yeah, like yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. You were aware I, that you have to exactly. Be you you didn't just start crying <laughs> on the kid and snotting on the kid. You were like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Like that's self awareness. Yes. So all of the things that we even talked about today, it, it all goes back to, to self awareness. Self -aware. Whether that's how you come off to the parents, mm -hmm. whether that's if you don't agree with what your client did, like. You have to be self-aware and check yourself and be like, you know what? Leave that at the door. Leave it at the door. I'm going to leave that at the door. So if you want us to sustain in this profession and our goal, what, and if I can speak for us um, or, you know, but if I could speak for 
for people in this profession, like we want to leave people better than when we found them. Right. Like that's the goal. Right. And, and especially for our black community who already, we already be having trust issues. Like we already <laughs> are hesitant. We're giving our truths yeah. and living in our truths and, and holding space for each other. So it is on us to make sure that we're self-aware, providing the best services so we can get more people in right. to be open to getting the help that they need um, or they want. Because every, you know. Right. So. Right. With that being said, that was a good topic. <laughs> I was thinking about that topic because I'm like, y'all don't really know what goes on behind the scenes. Y'all think we just go home and just forget about y'all. Yeah. No. No. And, and encouraging what? Therapy for highly encouraged therapy for anybody who's right. a therapist your clinical supervision supervision therapy um doing your own coping skills like all of that is going to support you your professional development in this career we want we don't want this profession to be watered down and, and talked about like right. we want it to be uplifted right and, and empowering people and in order right. to do that because it is to- right it is possible to to love what you do and be successful in what Mm -hmm. you do. But you also have to put in the work on the back end. Mm -hmm. Like you said, going to your supervisor, going to therapy, taking care of your body. You have to be intentional about those things so that you can have a long career. Because there are people that work, you know, 10 years or five years and they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, this is just too much. Because, yeah, if you don't check yourself, if you're not aware of what's going on in here, you will quit. (laughs) You will quit. Like, but you have to be aware and you have to go do the therapy. You have to do the work on yourself and hopefully you have that passion like me and Rashida. Yes. So you can keep going. Um, But with all that being said, I I'm glad that I know my purpose Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't do any other job. Like, honestly, like I will never quit doing therapy. Even if I become a podcaster, even if I'm never going to stop doing therapy. (laughs) Like, I'm never going to stop that because I feel like that is my purpose. And I, I'm just forever grateful because a lot of people don't know their purpose and what they're supposed to do. And I feel like even with you, like, I feel like you have a purpose and you. Everything you do aligns with that purpose. So it's just beautiful to see everything that you've been doing, because it's like when you know somebody has a purpose, like, you know, that they really care about the work that they put out, you know what I'm saying? They really Mm -hmm. care. And so, yeah, that's how I feel, too. And um, oh, man, that was a good that was a good that was a deep episode. We, We got deep. Oh, man. Oh, man. I already know I'm gonna get some calls about this episode, but why don't you tell everybody uh, what you got going on in the upcoming weeks and where can they find you on social media? Yes. So before I shout myself out, I just want to shout out all of the students that I serve. Like, I, again, it's an honor that they trust me and I don't take that lightly. Some of some people are not talking to their parents or their caregivers or their guardian, but they trust me. Mm-hmm. So shout you out. I want to shout them out. I love you all deeply. Um Ms. And y'all know that I got you. <laughs> you know that I got you always. Those are my babies. Um, What am I giving? Oh, what am I doing in the next coming weeks? Yeah. Right now I'm just in solitude. Um, Again, it was a lot of energy to go from, from book to oh. training to marathon. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I just been going. And so right now I'm in a, a state in a spirit of um, solitude. Okay. So right now I'm just at home and enjoying relaxation um I have some stuff coming up you will see a book again you'll see another you will see another book um 
you'll see you'll see some stuff i have some stuff in store um but for right now i'm just again embracing these moments that i have now you can find me um mental note by Imani Tafik, which is my mental health platform promoting just about promoting <laughs> mental health in the black community so you can go on the website you can read the blogs um if you ever want to write or provide writing I'm, i'll be more than honored to share it on my website i also have mental note cards that i created which promotes um your spiritual well-being mental well-being social um it has music cards it's a great product. Again, thank you, Nia, for supporting it. I'll make um, all my kids pick a card <laughs> and say the affirmation. Yeah. Aloud. Thank you. <laughs> if you want to find Justice, Justice is on TopicsPublishing.com. It is at Topics Publishing on Instagram, or you can just type in Justice by Rashida Jones. Again, if you want to see me at your school, your organization, if you want to have your book or the book, me talk about the book, whatever, um, reach out to me. I'm very open in whatever way. Thank you, Rashida. Um, So what's good with you? Yes, this is our first episode sponsored by BetterHelp. Don't forget to use our code, excuse me, our URL, betterhelp.com backslash WGWY pod. Because if you use our code, you get 10% off your first month of therapy. Um, Other than that, we do have merch. We have merch available on what's good with you pod.com where you can get your hoodies, you can get your shirts, you know, support, support black businesses. Okay. Cause we out here working and we just want to see what's good with y'all. Okay. And follow us on Instagram, double underscore what's good with you. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page. What's good with you. And this has been another episode. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for having me. Nia. Woo.